Welcome to another episode on Reclaiming Filipinx Identity with your host, Chachi Ibarra. Today, I will be joined by a really good friend of mine who happens to be in New York, but she originally is from Kauai. So let us welcome our guest. So, hi! Hello, <laughs> how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing all right, you know, surviving like everyone in this pandemic time. Yes. <laughs> so, before we start, I'm going to do a, a bio mm-hmm. for you because um, I did a, I kind of did a pre-record on I got erased because technical difficulties. Uh-huh. Here, I am joined by a really good friend of mine, Athena Abadella we met back in high school at a student leadership conference back in Filipina is a queer Filipino ex-American writer who will be graduating this semester in Barnard College mm-hmm. with, ma- with a major of religion and a minor in education. She is passionate about women's studies, feminist movement, and right now, she is very passionate about equity and education access for higher education, especially as it brings concerns and in indigenous students underrepresented in color and first gen. Low-income students, she hopes to find a position in which she is able to use various of her skills, knowledge, and connections that she has acquired throughout the years. She is an advocate for those folks back home in Hawaii and in the Philippines, and she hopes to find a better representation in academia and mainstream media of the issues that impact them. Credits to Lincoln. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that that last part of the bio you stole from my LinkedIn. Um, But yeah, no, it sums it up really nicely. That was really sweet of you to introduce me like no and yeah, shout out, shout out to Student Government Association stuff, SLC, Student Leadership Conference, for linking us up. Yes. So, before we start, can you talk mm-hmm. about how you first got involved in the community? When I say community, like the Philam community. Yeah, do you mean like back home in Hawaii or here in New York City? Um, maybe or first, both. like the very first, yeah, both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess the very first time, obviously, like being a part of a community back home in Hawaii and especially in Kauai which is a small island and which a lot of people like everybody knows each other um you see a lot of Filipinos and you see a lot of particularly like Ilocanos um which is where my family is from like my uh, parents are from Ilocos Norte um and so like it was a lot about like connecting with my family but also like Um, I was raised Catholic or I am Catholic and a lot of my community came like my Filipino community came from the Filipino like Catholic club or like the traditions that were passed on in like Filipino culture through the church um, which was really cool like I that's how I got to know like Misa de Gallo which a lot of people know is Simbanga B um, the days before Christmas Um, that's how I got to know about like a lot of celebrations and a lot of fun things about our culture. Um, just learning from both my parents and my families and then like later friends in high school. Um, like once I got to public high school, Waimea High School, um, it was really awesome. Like we didn't have like Filipino language taught at our school or we didn't have Tagalog, um, but we did have like 
multiple different clubs um, or like different friend groups that just really brought together or brought you exposure to a lot of different Filipino cultures and customs, um, which was exciting. Um, yeah, so that was Hawaii. I could talk about New York also, if that, yeah. Yeah, you, you can. Yeah, so like, I think transitioning into New York City, it was kind of interesting because obviously it's me being like alone and a, an, an, an adult for the first time and like going away from my community was kind of hard and leaving behind like what was familiar to me but and what I knew. So coming to New York City and coming to like Barnard College, Columbia University, it was really really amazing to meet like other Filipinos who just would get you and like would understand you when um you know like the way you do certain things or like if you bring up a certain celebrity or bring up a certain like superstition they like know it and then and they vibe with you so that was really awesome I got involved with Columbia University's Liga Filipina um so we have these amazing like family lineages um shout out to my like ate adding um and like multiple generations of that um because we do like a lot of amazing community bonding and like New York City also like New York and New Jersey has this is a part of this amazing thing called Filipino intercollegiate networking dialogue I'm so fine and we're district three for that um so it's a bunch of like just Filipino clubs across like East Coast, um, which is really cool uh, and got me to be connected more with like other student leaders in the Filipino community. And then like also like Filipino leaders within New York City, which is really cool because I got to interact more with the Philippine consul, like the consulate um, and a lot of like local businesses that are run by Filipinas. Um, so, Yeah. Got to be inspired by that also. I know you mentioned that um, you're, you were part of a lot of different Filipino organizations mm-hmm. at your transition. Um, can, mm-hmm. you, um, can you tell, like, kind of expand on your experience on that? Yeah. So I think what kind of opened my eyes um, in transitioning outside of Hawaii to the larger, like, continental U.S. or to like East Coast or to New York City is that there are so many different types of Filipinos and we're just really not just one simple like one simple story one simple like category of people we have so many different nuances and different personalities to us and different like ways we celebrate our culture but what really brings us together is that we're Filipino so I think like I'm so I'm involved primarily with Columbia University's League of Filipina. And um, what's kind of interesting yeah. is that there are both students involved who are like Filipino American, and then there are both other students who are like from the Philippines, Filipino. Um, so that's an interesting dynamic. Um, and like as I'm involved, I had been. I started off as like being really involved in like dancing to Nickling and like performing at our um, like barrio skit stuff. Um, and then I became like, um, I was the cultural chair for one year. And then I um, was the vice president of Liga Filipina uh, for another year, which really got me like engaged in like leadership among our Filipino student community. Um, so that was exciting. Uh, that, um... 
coming from Hawaii, you did mm-hmm. say that it really opened your eyes when you went to, when you joined um, when you went to Barnard, especially mm-hmm. because um, there's different representation of Filipinos, and mm-hmm. I agree with you on that because on the the last episode, um, mm-hmm. I listened I to it. Yeah, <laughs> one of my oh, um, it's gonna come out after this oh. one. Oh. But, oh. But I saw you my talk friend, about like the different types of Filipinos in another episode or like another yeah. post. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a common um, theme. Yeah. yeah, it's a common theme. Like it was different in a sense where when it comes from like the continental states, like, there's so many mm. different um, representation when it comes to Filipino. Like it's not just one thing, but it's more than that. Mm-hmm. And then, like, another thing which I, like, am always excited to share about is that um, what I didn't realize before, like, coming um, from an Ilocano, like, solely Ilocano or Ilocano-based community in Hawaii coming into New York City, um, I, like, didn't realize that there were also, like, Muslim Filipinos, which is something that I um, have learned throughout the years here, um, like, practicing the, like, arts with uh, Tita Potri and our Kinding Sindao um, organization, which is basically like a theater and dance um, cultural group and heritage group here in New York City. Um, and they really give visibility to the Muslim community back in the Philippines, specifically in Mindanao and the Southern Philippine Islands. Um, and I've been doing a lot of work and like, and you know, like I've talked to you about my like research before, um, I've been doing yeah. a lot of thesis work around that and like how a lot of times they get excluded from the narrative that is Filipino um, and Philippine nationality, but um, they're like 100% part of our like both indigenous heritage, um, but also like our multi-religious heritage as well. Like we don't just, we're not just always like Catholic Filipinos um, who are, have been colonized by Spain, imperialized, militarized by America. Like we, like there are people within our community who um, practice Islam and like are, yeah. And, and that's been really exciting to be a part of in New York City and get to like learn about the histories and like, be surprised by what other Filipino stories are out there um, when we look beyond just like the colonized view of the Philippines. Yes, and I love how you brought that up Mm-hmm. Actually, with um, how the generation is changing today, especially Filipino is not just one set thing, but there's so many, there's so much more to. Re- you don't have to be stereotyped as this. In like mm-hmm. what you see in like many of the TikToks, all of the Instagram mm-hmm. memes, we're not, yeah. we're more than that. And that's why. I really love um, One Down Media's uh, philosophy where we are finding Filipino and Chinese people mm-hmm. like we should be continuing to redefine our heritage because we're, because the more that we speak, the more that we hear other, other Filipinos talk about their stories, experience, it really helps you get a sense of clarity. Definitely. And like if you are able to like kind of like break away from the stereotype because I know a lot of my friends who are in the city like I I know a couple of people whose parents have like expected them to be nurses and grow up to be doing these type of uh, professions like I was blessed with a with a family and with parents who like let me explore what I wanted to explore career-wise 
but I have a lot of friends who are Filipino and want to pursue like the arts, want to pursue like music or photography or like cinematography. Um, and it's kind of hard to like break that barrier and kind of, you know, reject like a stereotype or like standards that like family and years of like, like generations of Filipinos have been setting for you. But when you are able to like fully express yourself, like people will start seeing how strong that is and how like your passion can translate into so many like beneficial things for our community, um, which I've been seeing happen a lot here uh, in New York. That's really, that's really awesome to hear. Um, mm-hmm. Like you doing your podcast, like that's so amazing. And like that's like another thing. Yeah, and if it wasn't for that IP class that I took in UH Manoa, shout out to Kuya Jason, I wouldn't be here today. And it really made me appreciate about my culture, being a Filipino-American woman, and me realizing that with our stories all combined together, and as we continue to share it, there's so much more to redefine our culture. For sure, yeah. Yeah, but... um getting off tangent can you talk about the work you're doing right now like the thesis that you mentioned especially Mm -hmm. yeah so i'm um doing my thesis on uh muslim mindanao in the philippines so basically the bangsamora community um which consists of multiple different ethno-linguistic groups multiple different indigenous tribes um to the philippines um and and like I'm talking about that in the context of like religion and colonization um, and how the years of Spanish colonization and then later American um, imperialism brought um, like brought the general public to think that the Muslim Filipinos were enemies or like were, um, you know, like were bad basically. Um, and it's, it's quite, it's quite interesting, um, to see how that kind of Filipino narrative got pushed away and pushed to the side in, um, the national effort in solidifying a kind of Catholic, um, Filipino-ness around it. Um, but I've been like so blessed to be able to work with the group that I mentioned earlier, um, in the city, Kinding Sindao, which, which kind of basically means like like bearing light um and they are um they they're a group that like really sheds light on the community's issues um just recently within the expanse of like the less than four or less than five years um the main city in Mindanao um where a lot of Muslim Filipinos are Marawi just recently got bombed and taken over um and militarized and and basically that caused a lot of Filipinos to be internally displaced or displaced in general. Um, and, you know, that's not fair to our people to not have a homeland or like have their homelands be taken away and stripped away because of failed peace processes or like because of, you know, religious conflict. Um, and that's something that I kind of weave in and try to weave into my um or, or that's what motivates my thesis and my work, um, being able to authentically tell the stories of the most marginalized of Filipinos um, in a way that's like meaningful to them. And that isn't skewed by like any colonial perspective or like 
is really their stories like it because it is their stories to tell um and yeah, yeah and I, I think it's like I think it, it's amazing for um a lot of young people like us to start getting like more engaged with hearing out various stories of the Philippines I mean, I would assume you might have heard of her um in like the Filipino networks and like um I guess like Filipino because she's a an amazing pioneer in the Filipino American National Historical Society, um, Dr. Don, um, Dr. Don Mabalon. Um, so like she has this quote oh, yeah, that's like, yeah, she, she has a quote that's kind of like, um, like it's our story and it, it demands our love and our attention and respect and we need to be the ones to tell the story. Or like that's what like has been passed on to me from a lot of like people like Dr. Kevin Nadal or like, um, people in the fonts like filipino american national historical society um community and like just filipino community in general that we have to be the ones telling the story and like if it's not us like it can be skewed and it can be misrepresented or under like i kind of have the like i internally um you know have kind of doubts sometimes in doing my thesis work mm-hmm. because obviously i don't come from like a bang, the Bangsamoro community. I'm not of like Maranao descent, which is like what um, but my uh, mentor within the field um, um, like is part of. Is like, That's her like indigenous um, group and like cultural group. Um, but, and I'm not Muslim, but um, I want to be the person to, or want to be like part of the movement towards like getting these Muslim Filipino scholars or like artists or activists like into academia um which you know can be pretty rough because like at a predominantly white institution um whose religion department you know usually centers um Christianity or like Judaism um it's it's like some it's like a like different challenge and a fun challenge that I I wanted to take on um while authentically delivering this story of like a woman and her family an extended family that I like so dearly love um in the city uh so yeah like that's basically my work um it's still not complete uh it'll be out um soon um so maybe like you'll see excerpts of that but yeah I'm actually very excited (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, and but it like really shifted um, recently the work that we're doing and the approach to like sharing our stories that we're doing recently shifted because of this whole um, coronavirus COVID nineteen crisis. Um, because you probably hear like um, like the emergency medical um, sirens in the background, but like it's rough out here in New York City, and. Um, you know, the woman that I work with um, or that I have worked with on this project of, like, bringing to, like, Filipino Muslim um, tradition and heritage, she's actually um, a nurse, and she has been a nurse. Like, that's that's what she did when she moved over here to New York City, um, like, worked in health, the health field, and, like, is now, like, called to the front lines. And it's kind of scary, and it, it, it like... And just like, you know, the fragility of life and uncertainty kind of like brings you to thinking about how culture and tradition can survive. With that in mind, 
Um, what is your post-grad plans, actually? Oh, yeah. Um, so my post-grad plans or my career trajectory um, is that I want to start working in higher education student affairs. So what that means, it, it can mean a lot of things within a college, but basically yeah. work for a college like um, and I and I don't quite have anything um, pinned down on exactly where I'm going to start, um, whether it be in like the Office of Admissions or Office of Student Life or Office of Residential Life and Housing. Um, there's so many different areas where I can start working with and in at a college. Um, but after that, like I hope to um, engage in a lot of like equity, diversity, inclusion, social justice work within um, the schools that I'm in, like no matter what uh, department I end up working for, um, I think there are ways that you could incorporate that into your work. Um, and like I've been so used to working at a private institution and like a predominantly white institution. So like that is another challenge that I probably would want to take up professionally. Um, I have um, this sort of like unofficial mentor but um I, I reached out to her coffee chatted with her in the city um she's a really cool leader within the city she's the president of actually the filipino american national historical society chapter in metro new york um isa filicampa um or uh, is isabella um and she is currently like one of the head directors um in the student life offices at uh, NYU, um, New York University, and you know she like she's someone I can look up to uh, in this field who is a Filipina herself um, and doing amazing work and like leading a really cool team that wants to center student experiences and wants to like make sure people's voices are heard and advocated for and that's essentially just want, what I want to do. So like post grad plans, um, you know, stay tuned because this whole um, situation and circumstance really got things very uncertain. Um, and I'm really hoping to be able actually to stay in New York City. I know I got accepted to a couple of grads programs in California, um, which, which it, in a way, like I would love to be there in the future at some point in my life. Um, but I realized that I needed to, or felt, felt the obligation and felt the like love pulling me back to this community that I've met and formed here um, and really work on my personal and professional uh, networks that I've created here for myself um, in New York City for for a bit longer um, and and you don't I don't know how many years to quantify that as in a bit longer um, but yeah I've like I still want to do this while still keeping engaged with my local communities back home in Hawaii. Um, and I, and I find different ways to do that. Um, so yeah, like that's, that's basically my plan. It's still unwritten. What did you learn about yourself, especially as a Filipino American woman? I learned how to navigate, you know, being a lot of things for people and like um I guess bearing a lot of like my own um you know navigating my own personal identity but then also like bearing a lot of other people's like I guess emotional 
let me rephrase that. Okay. Um, I think, I think throughout this journey, like being Philip, yes. Um, so, so what I learned about myself, um, as a Filipino American throughout this journey is that, is that like, I am just one of so many different change makers. And I think like sometimes it gets a lot when I think about like the big shoes I have to fill or like the big shoes that are present to fill um, in Filipino American leaders um, and in um, the people that I connect with here. And it, it kind of gets daunting sometimes um, seeing how many people are leaders within their community and making differences and whatnot. And I think um, I've learned to balance out um, like what I'm capable of and what I'm still learning and be patient with myself throughout this journey um, in, you know, knowing that this Filipino American identity, like, is, is mine to, you know, claim and, um, and be engaged in and, like, learn from, but also, like, shape in a way as I'm moving forward, um, and to not be, like, too afraid to do that and to know that there's, like, a whole community behind me that supports me and like wants me to navigate it in a way that's like authentic. Um, if that made sense at all, I don't know if that, like that was kind of, um, yeah, that, that was a lot, but like, you know, in, in summary, like I, I think I've, I've learned that we are like super resilient people and we are like, change makers and like that sounds really tacky and cheesy but you know sometimes it should and sometimes it does because that's the truth like that's what makes me inspired no that that was perfectly perfect what you just said and Mm -hmm. i feel like as a filipino-american woman a lot of people are struggling to really identify themselves as whether they are filipino or and that's something that makes me proud to be a filipino Mm -hmm, for sure yeah and you see that in a you see that in a lot of communities as well but like having this distinct community to claim as our own and this um distinct like history and like culture and heritage to claim as our own um is really is really cool um and like lets you have that thing that empowers you um that is also like related, like is part of your like ancestral bloodline. It definitely does because I think that, um, cause like we bear a lot in our history and obviously our people for generations have had to go through a lot of like trauma, hard work. Like you hear stories from like our parents or their parents of like working in the fields and hard work in like the plantations um, and, and doing like a lot of this work. And like you hear like from our own, histories of colonization you hear like the struggle that is really a part of our Filipino-ness um and being able to like reflect on that struggle and then and make it our own and like see how our people have like as you said and as I said like been resilient through it that's like a really um cool and like inspiring thing um but yeah yeah I definitely hear you like it's not it's not like we have one type of like Filipino look or it's not like we have one type of like way of doing like, or like way of, um, I guess like different, like we, there's many different Filipino cultures. 
Um, but what like unites us is like our inner selves and inner beings that like you know like that lends us that strength to like attack or or approach um whatever we're doing and whatever we want to do in a way that is so like one like loving and caring there's that side but then there's also like the strong side like it's a duality with the filipinoness like that i have experienced myself and then also like heard other people reflect upon like we have so many like caring genes within our ourselves but then we all like caring and selfless genes um as if it were like genes but um like characteristics but um we also at the same time have like a tenacity to us or like um you know a a side of us that says like we're not backing down and we're going to be like strong um and you see that enacted within our filipino community often yeah so i think the advice that i would give um in someone interested in igniting equity within education as like i'm doing and and as i hope to do um in a bigger city that's like so much different than home um is really to just you know listen both to yourself but listen to the people around you and be open to having like open your heart up to them and be open to having that empathy for others and making sure that you yourself practice your own self love um and self care while still like attending to the needs of others um and like being allies like like allyship should be a verb and should be an active thing um and love should be an active thing um that you would like to pursue if you want to pursue like equity within like especially education but within many fields like you, like someone doesn't need to be filipino to like um someone doesn't need to be filipino for you to like be concerned about their well-being and help them out like extend the love and like um care that our community has ex- extended to you to like other people and i i think that i think that'll work out so amazingly you know um because like i think that's what grounds me and like what has been driving me the type of community i've experienced at home in hawaii like within the islands but then within specifically like our filipino communities that translates like to the work that i do and the work that i want to do in expanding opportunities and access for underrepresented and marginalized youth um and young adults um so yeah just like like internalize that care and love yeah that's a that's a fascinating question that has been like asked um for years to like various scholars that i've studied and like in various community spaces but i think um like in my own opinion i identify as filipina like primarily and um and i think the like americanness is given being that i was born in america um and, and i'm still of like live in the united states um but i think when um when i identify myself as filipina like first and foremost that kind of puts an emphasis on my people's like histories um you know distinct from like um filipino americanness like i think i use it in in some ways i use it interchangeably um but when i really want to emphasize like um you know the 
like the uniqueness of me as a Filipina woman. Um, that's like when I use the term Filipina. Um, but also there's so much merit and so much like history behind being also Filipino American because that includes like our immigration patterns and that includes like our histories of our parents coming here or like or like even like our other generations and like other people like like the Sakatas in Hawaii or like um you know the like workers who um like fought for workers rights in California those are like all part of the Filipino American history so like sometimes it's um you know, sometimes I use it interchangeably depending on like what the situation is. Um, but yeah, that's a very nuanced question and a very like complex question to break down. Like I wouldn't particularly um, identify as like American um, because Hawaii is so different than like the continental US and like what most people think of when they think of America um, and growing up in that culture, like I would more so identifies like a Filipina from the islands of Hawaii and that's like yeah no problem I love being on this podcast um and really excited to hear like what's to come um in the work that you do um because this is exciting stuff and all the stories that are shared are so important and so like our community should hold dear to our heart um so yeah yeah thank you for having me if you have like any questions you can always reach out to me um, or back out to me. Um, shout out to my Instagram, Athena Silog. It's like me with <laughs> rice and egg. It's basically me with rice and eggs. Um, but yeah. That, um, is it, I'm a closing for mm-hmm. your, um, you know, your Instagram, um, mm-hmm. handle. Is there like a, um, backstory to it? <laughs> oh, that's just, like, I had my first, like, Instagram handle a long time ago, and I was like, I really need to change it, and I, it was actually in one of the most recent Filipino-American history months um, that I decided to make it a shift, because I wanted to honor, like, the Filipino-American history, and one of my, honestly, one of my favorite parts of the Filipino-American culture that, it, that isn't, like, you know, it, it does have its histories, but that, that you know, it's just like a little fun thing. Sometimes it's the food um, and it's the silog. Um, so like rice and egg. So that's like my favorite, like obviously my favorite or one of my favorite like breakfast foods, all time foods. Um, so it's just like, just a little fun to poke at it. And then it just stuck forever. I don't think I'm changing it anytime soon. So it's just a marker, another marker of my own Filipino-ness, Filipino-American-ness. <laughs> Yes, and that's a great way to end it. Great. (laughs) Love it. All right.